Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted, with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Hi, Dr. Greg Hammer. Welcome back to Savvy Broadcasting. I'm so grateful to have you here this wonderful evening. You're going to share with the audience. You were actually here about two or three years ago sharing your insights on, I believe, mindfulness and stress, but we're going to go deeper on that. You have a three-minute mindful practice uh, that's also outlined in your book, Gain Without Pain, the happiness handbook for healthcare professionals, because healthcare professionals, it's not easy um, doing that sort of profession, uh, but you know what? Life hasn't been easy for a whole slew of folks. And so I know your insights are going to be very helpful to them. But for anyone who missed our first interview, could you give them a brief overlay of your background and uh, how you got to where you are today? Sure. Well, first of all, it's great to be with you again, Christina. I enjoyed our chat before we went on the air and and (laughs) looking forward to our conversation. I am a uh, pediatric anesthesiologist, a cardiac anesthesiologist, and a pediatric intensive care physician. I have a research laboratory where I study pharmacology, what I would call developmental pharmacology. I've been a professor at Stanford for almost 30 years, and I've been a longtime fitness enthusiast. And I, I mean that in the global sense of physical fitness and emotional and spiritual fitness as well. Mm. I joined our WellMD program shortly after its inception several years ago. This was convened by the School of Medicine to address the growing problem of burnout among physicians. And I was asked to give a talk and then another talk at national meetings and had some sabbatical time and decided to write that book. So I'm on sabbatical again and writing my third book. This one is about teenagers and it's also based on the same gain Mm -hmm. philosophy and practice. Boy, are teenagers and kids really in need of of practices to help them? They have you know, the same challenges, but also a little different, you know, depending on where you're at in your development and, you know, going through school and school's been shut down and all the pressures, I think, growing up, it's much harder than when we were growing up. I mean, we didn't have all this 
being bombarded by social media and all these different avenues to be bombarded. It was a simpler life, I think, when we were younger. Absolutely. And I'm flattered, by the way, that you're saying we as though we're the same age. I'm <laughs> a little senior to you, but but thank you for that. Uh, yes, I mean, uh, and that's partly the, the reason for me writing this book about teenagers is that mm -hmm. there are things that really never even occurred to my generation and perhaps yours as we were growing up. All the mm -hmm. social media issues, climate change. Uh, yeah. You know, I had lunch with a couple of teens the other day at a friend's house and, mm -hmm. you know, I asked them, are you concerned that the planet won't be habitable when you have children and they have mm -hmm. children? And, mm -hmm. you know, should I wear a bulletproof vest to school today? Mm -hmm. These things were not even in the vocabulary, mm -hmm. never even yeah. entered our minds growing up. Now, I, I am old enough that <laughs> we did have nuclear fallout drills. Yes, I remember uh, that. <laughs> you know, this was... Uh, uh, I was in grade school, early grade school, but in grade school at the time of the Bay of Pigs and, mm -hmm. and you know, a lot of tension between the, the U.S. and the former Soviet Union. But yeah. but the, the pressures that teens face now are, are I think, really unprecedented. But, uh, you know, as you and I were discussing before we started recording, mm -hmm. this is really an unprecedented, stressful time for everybody. And so... Absolutely. Most of the interviews that I continue to do three years since the book was published are not related to the healthcare profession per mm -hmm. se, but the principles are really universal and it's just been a very difficult time for everyone. And so I hope that anyone who's listening sort of takes a yeah. breath and, and doesn't have yeah. too much self-judgment, negative self-judgment oh, with yeah. regards to their own negativity and, and stress levels because we're all experiencing it. Yeah. And it's interesting, uh, Dr. Greg Hammer, is that I think you mentioned being a, a fitness enthusiast. I think often people will focus on the outer stuff like, oh, you know, do I look fit? Do I look skinny? But often it, there's more of a mental, psychological and, and spiritual component that people often miss as far as being fit in those areas. So I love that you mentioned that you're focusing more on those areas because it is so important to really cut down on stress. Part of that stress is, I think, not being spiritually or maybe psychologically um, fit. Absolutely. And I, I love Dr. John Kabat-Zinn's definition of mindfulness. Of course, he was one of the founders or maybe the principal founder of what we now call mindfulness um, since he started a, a mindfulness-based stress reduction program at the University of Massachusetts in the, in the 70s. And his definition of mindfulness, which I think can also be the definition of happiness, is awareness of the present moment on purpose non-judgmentally and therein are some of the gain elements mm -hmm. yeah i love that and we can go into that but i just like to mention i saw your wonderful dog right behind you sniffing about um you know if we could learn from our pets my dog is always in the moment and yeah and i noticed that about pets in particular or animals or they're always right here right now they're not everywhere else in the future or in the past or right here you know they appear to be it's kind of like you know some people talk about the benefit of having the mind of a newborn, at least yeah. at the appropriate times, of course, not while driving. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think the idea is that there is no judgment. Even beyond that, there's no sense of time or space, mm -hmm. which is a whole other, maybe a, a bit deeper level. But, but you know, the mind of a newborn or the mind of a dog, for example, they love you unconditionally and they don't cast judgments 
And I think, again, Dr. Kabat-Zinn's definition of mindfulness or, or happiness, awareness of the present moment on purpose, non-judgmentally. And, and the on purpose is because our natural tendencies, uh, the way our brains have become wired over tens of thousands of years of evolution, include a negativity bias. So we tend to remember negative things and forget the positive things. Excuse mm -hmm. me. Um, we tend to remember negative things and forget positive things. And also we're very distracted by the past and the future. And we have a very hard time being present. And when we think about all the times when we're happiest, yeah. it's when we're present. We're walking through the forest. We're enjoying our footfall on the soft bed of pine needles on the forest floor. We're looking at the light filtering through the canopy a hundred feet above us. And we're not really worried about something we said that may have embarrassed us yesterday or the list of things we have to do tomorrow. Mm -hmm. We are right there in the moment. And, and that really applies to, I think, all of our, our happiest moments. And we need to figure out a way to rewire our brains to be more present and also more, more positive. And yeah. the good news is our brains have this wonderful quality called neuroplasticity. And so rewiring the brain is quite possible. Yay. I, and I'd love for you to share a little snippet into, I don't want you to give all the tidbits away because I want them to go out there and get your book, but a little bit about your three minute practice of mindfulness. How can people start to get into that being present and non-judgmental and add that into their life? Great question. So the gain practice, which I embrace personally and teach, might include as little as three minutes a day. So we wake up in the morning, we open the blinds, hopefully there's some light to let in that kind of awakens our senses. We do our morning hygiene thing and then we just find a comfortable place to sit, hopefully in a quiet part of the home. And we sit, we get comfortable, we close our eyes, we focus on our breath. We slow the in-breath down perhaps to a count of three, we pause to a count of three or so, and then we let the exhalation go, the out-breath without effort to a count of four. So this will slow our respiratory rate down to between six and eight. And that activates our parasympathetic nervous system, which is the nervous system that keeps our sympathetic fight or flight nervous system in check. So that slows our heart rate, lowers our blood pressure, lowers the amount of cortisol and adrenaline in our body. So just focusing on the breath and taking these deep, very slow, deliberate breaths into our belly, letting it out without effort is a benefit. And then we transition to the gain contemplation. Um, while still focused on the breath, we recount that for which we're grateful. So tonight when I do my gain meditation, Christina, it will include gratitude for being on your wonderful podcast, um, having such a wonderful little animal named Joey that you saw trot by and have heard me trying to silence briefly. Um, <laughs> I'm grateful for the community in which I live. I personally am very grateful for the work that I'm able to do to help people. I feel very privileged. I'm grateful for my, my, my good health. And again, everything is relative. We all have some health imperfections, but rather than focus on those, let's focus on all the things that are miraculously going well. Mm. And then from gratitude, we transition to acceptance because Pain is inevitably part of our experience. Mm. We've all lost loved ones. You and I were talking about COVID. Yeah. People, uh, many of us lost, lost loved ones during COVID that had to, mm. had to die in a hospital bed, isolated from their family. Mm. 
Um, I lost my son six years ago. We've all had pain. It's part of life. So there's a formula in the book, which is suffering equals pain times resistance. We love formulas in medicine. So the idea is if acceptance is the opposite of resistance, the more we accept, the pain is still there, but the less we suffer. Mm. And so we bring this pain into our heart. We actually imagine while we're sitting with our eyes closed, breathing slowly and deeply that our heart opens. We bring the pain in, we envelop it with our heart, we nurture it, and we ask ourselves, can I live with this pain forever? And at some point, the answer is yes. Mm. And then we transition to intention. And just as in John Kabat-Zinn's definition of mindfulness, intention is necessary because if we don't have a plan and we're not purposeful, we lapse into our old ways of thinking that are Mm. negative, ungrateful, resisting things Mm. in the world that are not to our liking. So we focus maybe uh, uh, for a moment uh, as we breathe deeply just on the present experience, the, the sensation of the chair against our body, the tingling at the soles of our feet, something we may hear in the distance. I, I'm between San Francisco and San Jose Airport. So I, when I'm quiet and focused on my breath and focused on my listening, I can often hear an airplane go by in the distance. Um, nature sounds, birds chirping. We focus on that for even just 10 seconds to remind ourselves to focus on our present experience. And then we remind ourselves as we breathe deeply and slowly to be positive, to be more optimistic and positive going forward. Then we transition finally to non-judgment. And one favorite image of mine here is to picture one of these lovely NASA images of the earth, apparently suspended in space. And we remind ourselves the earth is just a planet. The earth is neither good nor bad. There's no need to make a judgment about the earth. That seems pretty intuitive. And therefore, it's only logical that I, being just a human being, am also neither good nor bad. I'm just the person that I am. Mm. And then we repeat the I am a few times as we reconnect fully with our breath and then slowly open our eyes and we're ready to go out into the world. And, and that may have taken three minutes or four minutes. Yeah. It seems like a really quick uh, process. And what's interesting about it, boy, this fly wants to play with me. He's having fun. <laughs> um, but it seems like a really simple process to get in touch with what's important. And, you know, I think on a daily basis, you're going to we're all going to fall off and start to look at the negative. Something will come into your space. Maybe I'll have someone have a bad comment for you and you'll be like, Argh! or whatever might happen in your life. You'll have those moments of negativity or judgment or whatever, but not to judge that and say, I, I messed up today because it's, it's an everyday, all day process. And just to take those moments of maybe three minutes, four minutes to reconnect and, and get back to gain and to mindfulness, attention, and to non-judgment and to the present moment. Absolutely. And, you know, the the miraculous thing that happens, Christina, because of our our innate neuroplasticity, the ability for us to rewire our brains just through our thoughts, redirecting our thoughts, as we've been discussing, when we are being ungrateful or resisting something that we don't like, Mm -hmm. uh, or being unintentional and lapsing into our old habits, or judging others or perhaps most harshly ourselves, a little light bulb will go off once we've been practicing this method for some period of time and even days to weeks, a light bulb goes off and we can have a little laugh at ourselves and, you know, all those judgments we made about that 
guy driving ahead of us who changed into our lane without using his turn signal, we recognize that a light bulb goes off. We realize we're being judgmental. We have a little laugh. We actually get a little dopamine hit. Yeah. And, and that's just reinforcing the non-judgment that behooves all of us. And so, yes, the more we sit with these thoughts and experiences, the more easily the positive elements come to us. You know, it, it's very funny, uh, Dr. Hammer. Many years ago, I was hanging with my sister in the city, uh, and uh, it, I woke up in a really foul mood. And it was interesting because I recall everything seemed to go wrong. We met in the city. The train was late. We had an incident with someone in the store. And then a couple more negative events. And it was like, oh, this is shaping out to be a really hard day. And then I think there was a moment in time where I was like, enough is enough. I'm going to stop focusing on all this yuckiness. And I, I made a conscious choice that I'm going to just focus on the fact that I'm here with my sister. Let's go have lunch together. Enjoy the beautiful day. It's sunny. And it was interesting because I was sitting there with my sister at the restaurant later that day. And she said, this is fun. I had a good time today. And then I thought about how different the beginning of the day was towards until the end of the day. It was a drastic difference. And only thing that changed was how I was responding to the day. The day didn't change the actual, you know, but it was the way I was responding made all the differences as how we how I experienced and how my sister experienced it and how people around it. It was like I was creating this negative pool that was being picked up by others around me. Yeah, that's a beautiful story, actually. So let's say that before you went to bed, you had embraced a gratitude practice or a game practice at bedtime as well. So when you reflect on your day, mm. you you focus on the positive part of your day rather than the negative part of your day. And, and what a miracle it was to have this wonderful time with your sister and how grateful you are for having her as a sister and mm -hmm. how you, if you'd like, accept the things that didn't go perfectly. Um, yeah. And just completely lower your resistance to those. In fact, mm. as you pointed out, most of them are rather superfluous. <laughs> and then the more you do this, the more you will catch yourself earlier and earlier on one of those bad days. Yeah. And you'll have a laugh and, <laughs> and reroute your thoughts and experience accordingly, just as you ended up doing later on that day. It's interesting because I don't even remember what why I was angry or what happened, but I just remember the difference night and day between what I experienced as far as feeling and, and what I experienced at the end of the day. And more importantly, what the people around me experienced because of my bad mood. Like it was amazing. That it was kind of like a rock thrown into a pond that it was kind of, I don't know, contagion, um, like a contagion to people around me. It was yeah. That ripple effect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. The negative vibes are sort yeah, of it was like permeating. Was, yeah, catching my negative vibes. Yeah, so th that was really interesting. Well, I love you sharing all this because it's a simple thing that people can just add today right into their life. Um, but I'd love them to go pick up a copy of your book, Gain Without Pain. Where can they get a copy, find out more about you? How can they do that? Well, they have uh, the opportunity if they want to go to my website, which is greghammermd.com, G-R-E-G-H-A-M-M-E-R md.com and uh, there's a link to the book which is on amazon and elsewhere mm -hmm. um so that would be probably uh the quickest way and there's a lot of media and other material on that website that my social media people do so wonderfully i don't look at it often but um 
I'm, I'm grateful to them for the good work that they do. <laughs> it's great having people to help. Um, now, let everyone know, when's your new book expected so they can look out for it? Is there a title yet? Well, the current title is A Mindful Teen, and I have two wonderful co-authors. Um, one is a guy named John Redger, who's a PhD psychologist who treats teens and young adults using a mindfulness-based technique, and he's a wonderful person. And Eric Wentworth is uh, a writer himself, an entrepreneur, and, and so he's chipping in as well. And, you know, there's a backlog in getting things published these days. Most people aren't aware that the supply chain for things like paper are still impacted. And yeah. so publishers do want to put out hard copies of books, perhaps contiguous with putting out uh, audio books or what have you, but, um, or Kindle versions. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I don't know when the book will be out. We, we still are uh, nailing things down with the publishers. So it'll be a while. But, um, but keep a lookout for it because I know a lot of my audience, uh, they do have children or maybe teens, and I'm, I'm sure this will be very helpful as well for them. So I just have to thank you again, Dr. Hammer, for coming to share your great wisdom today. I'm very grateful that you showed up. Happy to join you anytime, Christina. Thank you. You betcha. Like, subscribe, and share this episode. To listen to more savvy episodes and savvy biz tips, go to www.lifeunscriptedradio.com. To find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at lifeunscriptedradio.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.